This episode of Your Catholic Life is brought to you by Iowa Catholic Radio, connecting listeners with Christ. IowaCatholicRadio.com. That's IowaCatholicRadio.com. Welcome in, everyone, to Your Catholic Life, a podcast for Catholics, by Catholics, helping you grow in your faith. I'm John Leonetti, your host. The wisdom of the poor. Sound strange? It shouldn't. Up and down the Gospels, Jesus points to the poor as examples of what we need to be like if we're going to follow him. And I'm not talking about material poverty, though many of our religious brothers and sisters have vowed to this, but poverty of the spirit, one in which our true treasure is found only in God. Here to help us understand this wisdom and what we can learn from our poorest brothers and sisters about the faith is speaker and author of new book, Dying to be Happy, Discovering the Truth About Life. Chris Stepien is my guest. Hello, Chris. Hello, John. How are you today? I'm just fine. Thanks for being a part of the show today. Uh, First of all, how's the new book doing? It's doing very well, getting great reviews so far. So thank God. All praise and glory to him. Awesome. Uh, You've worked with the poor now for a number of years, I think about 15, volunteering. What would you say, and I did not prep him, folks, for this question, what would you say is the number one thing you've learned from the poor in the last 15 years? Wisdom and trust in God. Hmm. I've heard things, um, I'm tearing up a little right now. Um, When you sit with a poor person who is, facing homelessness, maybe eviction, uh, someone having surgery in the family, they can't afford it. Uh, Maybe they are already homeless, and they've been living in a car or a motel, and they say things like, if you worry, why pray? And if you pray, why worry? That really penetrates you. I mean, you know, we're we're called to see Christ in each other, and the call of the society is St. Vincent de Paul. I'm a Vincentian is to see Christ in the poor. Hmm. And when someone says something like that to you, you feel like you have Jesus sitting right in front of you. Uh, they, they are living the faith in, in the face of, of um, misery and suffering and great risk. Uh, sometimes they give gifts, they serve food. If they, if they receive food from a food pantry, they'll, they'll offer you the extra. I mean, it's... I've gone to people's homes, family and friends, and not been offered something to eat or drink, and the poor almost always offer you something to eat or drink while, when you visit them. How did you get into this? I fell into it. I mean, I, I went through a, a, a reconversion in my life, and I felt a call to start to do something and live my faith a little bit. Um, and it actually, the first thing I did is I rang the be- a bell for the uh, Salvation Army. And then I discovered the St. Vincent de Paul, which was being very quietly operated at my parish um, in Dearborn, Michigan, Sacred Heart Church. And then I got involved, and others got involved, and we grew our conference. And, I mean, there are more than a million volunteers worldwide who serve with the St. Vincent de Paul and visit the needy in their homes, the home visit. That is the core, the essential element of the St. Vincent de Paul. You talk about the wisdom of the poor. Um, is there someone in particular that sticks out to you over the last 15 years or maybe a couple people that have really taught you uh, what you know now? Well, one person who sticks out is the founder of the St. Vincent de Paul, uh, Frederick Ozenham. Uh He was only 20 years old and a student at uh, the University of Paris, the, the, the law school at Sauvon, 
when he was uh, in a debate. He considered himself a devout Catholic, and he was called out for his hypocrisy. He was in a debate with agnostics and atheists, and basically one of them said to him, uh, let's be frank, Mr. Ozenham, and be very particular. What is it that you do, other than talk, that proves that you believe these things that you say? You wow. Yeah. Uh, kind of like a, a dagger straight to the heart. Hmm. And, um, uh, you know, a little later, he and his debate pals decided, you know, we have to start walking the talk. We, we need to go to the poor. And they, that was the beginning of the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. Now, here's the amazing thing. He became a lawyer, a, fa- a husband, a father, a renowned professor, and his, his social te- uh, teachings on social justice actually uh, impacted uh, papal uh, teaching on social justice. But by the time he died, which was, uh, ironically, only 20 years later, he had formed, the St. Vincent de Paul had spread to 29 countries. Wow. And there were 2,000 chapters, or they're called conferences, in those 29 countries. I mean, that's, that's startling. So, you know, Jesus said uh, to his followers, um, you know, I am going to the Father. Who, who, those who believe in me will do the, the things that I do and will do greater things. And I think Frederick is a great example of that. So this is one of the Catholic Church's best-kept secrets. The St. Vincent de Paul was actually founded by a young person who Pope Francis would be delighted to, to, uh, in, that, in that story, and I'm sure he is, because he... You know, World Youth Day in Poland uh, uh, in 2016 called the young people to get off the couch, yeah. stop being couch potatoes. You know, make 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 a mark. And if you you know you know that old saying, make a know, mess. Oh, yeah, ouch! That's going to leave a mark. If you're going to leave a mark on the world, there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some suffering. You're going to have to change. You know, no pain, no gain. Yeah. So get off the couch. No doubt. You've gotten to know many of the poor uh, personally over the last 15 years uh, serving as a Vincentian. Uh, what would you say is a typical day in the life of the people you serve? Well, you know, it varies. Let's take somebody who, well, there's a case uh, we're working with uh, right now where a woman, uh, she has four children uh, ranging in ages from 11 to 18. Hmm. Her husband was go- is uh, going to school and studying. They were living with her mother because the husband's income was down. She is a professional um, switched jobs, and I think Grandma got you know frustrated with the amount of uh, people in her home and said, you guys have to move on. And one thing led to another, a little conflict in the home, and next thing she knows, she's behind in her payments, um, switched jobs. So she's struggling all day, every day, to work her new job and find a place to live for the kids. And you wonder, how does someone get there? Well, it could be illness, it could be addiction, it could be mental illness, it could be job loss, it could be chronic underemployment, it could be the legacy of poverty that goes from generation to generation. But the most startling thing is um, it could be all those things. And, and people are suffering, and often the, 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 the thing that they're suffering the most from is a lack of knowledge of how to get out of the hole that they're in. You know, they, they, they haven't bumped into a good Samaritan. You know, when the good Samaritan came upon that fellow, that, be, that beaten and stripped man laying on, on the, in the street, he didn't know who that man was. He didn't know if he was, uh, you know, a, a beggar. He didn't know if he was wealthy. He didn't know if he was ill. He didn't know if he was actually, um, you know, faking it. 
playing possum and was going to get up and grab him and, and, and beat and strip the, the Samaritan. He just helped him. He didn't know if he was a refugee, you know, a native, and he assisted him. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do, to look for him in all the people we meet, rich or poor, because we're all poor in some way. We're all suffering at some level. Sure. Chris Stepien is my guest right here on Your Catholic Life. Um, what you're talking about, Chris, is a little bit different than just writing checks. Maybe? Oh, yeah. Well, that's interesting you mention that, because there's a fellow I mentioned in uh, Dying to be Happy. He was a, a, a donor to the Church of St. Vin- Vincent de Paul, and he was an elderly man, lived a good life, uh, was doing pretty well. He was a widower, and he started to donate 1000 to $2,000 a month and because he said he didn't want to die with the money. He hmm. had obviously read Matthew 25, The Sheep and the Goat's Claws. Yeah. And, and so he, when we asked him, you know, really, why are you, what, what do you want us to do with the money? He said, I want this money specifically to be given to families for extras, for food, but extras, he said, like steak. Hmm. So he obviously read Matthew 25 because he wasn't going to feed Jesus a hot dog. <laughs> he was going to feed him a steak. And, and and that is the, Jesus said, what you do to the least of my brothers, that you did do, do to me. Did you, do you feed me? Do you quench my thirst? Do you visit me in prison? He yeah. said that, he re- referred to prison four times in that reading. You know, do you visit me when I'm sick? Do you welcome me as a stranger? So the call to, you know, welcome refugees or just to welcome someone to your neighborhood or someone in your family who maybe is the quote-unquote black sheep. But remember... They still have wool. They're not goats. They're the sh- and, and we should always be welcoming the goats, too, because in, in the kingdom of heaven, all things are possible, right? They can become sheep. No doubt. Uh, money really is, I would say, our most one of our most precious commodities. Probably time is just above it. Uh, we don't part with our money very well. Uh, we don't give our money to things, certainly, that we don't support or things that we're not going to enjoy. At least we try not to. Um, and it's important, of course, that we give our money. There's no question about it. But sometimes I think because we keep it so close, when we do give it away, there's this temptation to think, ah, I've done enough. You know, I look at what I've done. I've given this. I put this extra. It even hurts a little bit. You know, my wife and I have that conversation with each other that we need to give more this year. We need to feel the sting a little bit more than what we did last year for this organization. Um, but again, I got to go back to this, Chris, because you're, you're talking about something a little bit more. Of course, it's great to write the checks. We need that. There's no question about it, but you're talking about something again, as I said, which is the most precious commodity. And that's actually giving our time in service. Yes, exactly. Thank you for coming back to it. Um, Jesus is asking us to give of ourselves. You know, he didn't buy our freedom with money he gave his life his arms are open on the cross for an embrace and all and he said i don't call you slaves i call you friends so if jesus if saint paul says jesus who was poor was rich became poor so that we could become rich and what he's asking us to do is to give our time because time is the only unrenewable resource it is the most precious thing we have this is the message of dying to be happy we don't know when we're going to die so if we're willing to give up that thing of which we we don't know how much we really have, then that is a true that is a true donation. That is a true gift from the heart. James in the uh, in the uh, epistle of James he says, "Faith without works is dead." Hmm. So we have to come to life. Yeah, 
You uh, you mentioned a little bit about uh, uh, Pope Francis at his uh, World Youth Day, really saying to young people, and I think saying to all of us, get off the couch. You know, this is it's time to act now. Yeah, well, that should be like that should be a rap song. Get off that. the couch because you know he also said, um, don't be a couch potato and take the path of quote the craziness of God unquote. Wow, you know, the craziness of God. That means. The world is asking us to make, to your point, make as much money as you can, acquire as much money and fame as you can. And Jesus is asking us to be humble, right? Take my yoke. I'm humble and meek. He's asking us to give away our money. He's asking us to give our time. What's the saying in the world? Time is money. Mm -hmm. I think maybe the Christian saying is time is love. You know, Christianity is not a spectator sport. You have to really, uh, you have to live it in ways constantly in order to be a true believer, in order to be able to achieve the things that we are praying for. Uh, Jesus says, the kingdom of God is within you. He says, you're not going to say, oh, there it is, or, oh, look, it's over there. It's within you. But if you sit on the couch and your feet are up, you go to Mass, you put your money in the plate in the basket, you maybe make a donation to the poor box and walk off, you're really missing that opportunity to meet Jesus. It's a question of, do I believe in the gospel? Yeah. And he's saying, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. He's saying that he's in that bread and wine that becomes his body and blood. It requires true, enormous faith to get there. But when we come together, and, you know, Vincentians visit the poor in pairs always, so that so we fulfill that two or more are um, gathered in my name, then when, often the poor, this is one thing I forgot to mention, they often lead the closing prayer. We'll ask them, Would you, do you mind if we pray? Would you like to pray? And they say some amazing things. They're always grateful. That's the most significant thing that you hear when a poor person prays. Gratitude. I wonder how many of us begin our prayers with gratitude. Yeah, I want to shift here for a second and, and now encourage people uh, to be able to, as Pope Francis says, get off the couch, whatever it is. I, I know people are busy. I, I'm busy. You're busy. We, we've got a lot on our plate. Family life, uh, work life. I mean, all the balance that needs to take place. Um, what I like about what you've done, Chris, is you haven't dipped your, your hand into 20 different things. You, you've stuck with something. You've done something. You stuck with. Something. I'm sure some days, some weeks, some months, you've been able to give a lot more than what you you were able to give last week um, or or last month. But you've stuck with it over the last 15 years, and and I think that's probably the biggest message that I want to call people to today. I have that one thing in my life too that I'm really trying to stick with when it comes to service is finding that one thing that just sticks and then moving forward in that. And I think sometimes I, I mention that, Chris, because we can get bogged down or over-anxious with this idea that i got to go out and do all these things. I mean, i got to feed the poor, clothe the hungry, visit the imprisoned. Let's start with one, and then we can move to two. Well, that's a good point. God gives us gifts, and we're, we're talented uh, in, a, in special ways because we're part of the body of Christ, right? Some of us are fingers, some of us are toes, some of us are skin cells on the elbow, right? And we all have to perform our task that, that Jesus calls us to. But the point that you made earlier about donating money versus taking action, sometimes you're called out of your comfort zone, and that's when you can really feel the gospel, the word of God, I think, you know, course through your veins. It's, it's what interacting with those in need, even somebody at a street corner who's begging, 
And you might say to yourself, well, if I give them this dollar or this $5 or whatever, what's, what are they going to do with it? Are they going to blow it on booze or drugs? I mean, like I, I go back to the Good Samaritan. He didn't know what that guy was about. He didn't know what his issues were except that he needed help. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. So sticking with something is important, but I, I would also argue we should never be afraid to come out of our comfort zone. Yeah. Because Jesus constantly challenges us in our lives. And I know you know this because of the work that you do. You, you, you get this stumbling block in front of you, and you think that it's a challenge. And when you get through it, you realize it was a gift. Yeah. So sometimes this is how we grow, right? We do something. What about the, the attorney who, can play, who plays piano to relax? Or it's the same thing in our spiritual life. I do this and I cultivate this, but don't be afraid to reach out. But you are right. You don't want to try to do everything because then you get distracted from your core mission. Like I say, with the St. Vincent de Paul, they, they do many things. You know, they have thrift stores and donation centers. They have camps. They have food depots. But all that could go away, and they, they still could stick with that core mission, which is to visit the needy in their homes. So it's the same thing in our lives. What, what am I going to do to get off? When I get off the couch, what am I going to – what is going to be my mission? How am I going to serve my Lord? How am I going to – it ultimately – comes down to how am I going to say thank you? I mean, if Jesus were in the room, would you be laying on the couch with your feet up? Probably not. You'd probably be offering him the couch, which often happens if you visit the needy. They might not have furniture. They might have milk crates. Or there may be furniture, some of it rickety, some of it a little better. They often offer visitors the best seat in the house. It's eye-opening. It really is, Chris. And what you do is inspiring. It's inspiring. And I know it's not about you, and you don't want it to be about you. But, you know, in our lives, a lot of times we need those examples of people that go out, as Pope Francis says, get off the couch, uh, to be able to inspire us, to be able to do the same. I think we could all do better uh, in, uh, in listening to your words. And certainly the wisdom from the poor, as you mentioned. Uh, before I let you go, how can people get your new book, Dying to be Happy, Discerning? Is it Discovering or Discerning? Discovering, discovering the truth about life. It's with life. Uh, available at dynamiccatholic.com in the in the bookstore, the gift shop, the gift store online, and also at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com are the, the probably the, the quickest ways to get it. But the great way is dynamiccatholic.com. I always enjoy having you on, brother. I always enjoy being with you. You bring something out of me every time, and you made me cry this time. You're a good man, Chris. God bless you. Keep you up the good too. work, all right? God bless you, John. Thank you. So there you have it, friends. Chris Stepien, everyone. What is a service of the poor? What's that going to look like in your own life? How it is, How is it that you and I can learn from the poor in, the, in our midst? How is it that you and I are going to get off the couch? How is it that you and I, as Chris said, are going to get out of our comfort zones a little bit. This is something I can't make a decision for you on, and certainly something you can't make a decision for me on. It's a something we got to go to God and discern. And as I said, I think it's important that we find those people in our lives, like Chris and other people, those people that are close to us, that inspire, that bring something out of us to be able to help us lead us to where Christ wants us to go. Friends, make sure to share this and other episodes of Your Catholic Life on Facebook and Twitter, inviting your friends to take part in the show. Visit our website, yourcatholiclifepodcast.com as well. Tell your friends about it. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. I'm John Leonetti, signing off here on Your Catholic Life. Remember, the only way to happiness is by holiness. Be confident in Christ's mercy and his love today.